0: We're going to profile Zola with the last letter from her lover in Stillwater. I'm Van Conner.
1: And I'm Bex Perfect. And this is Offscreen, your seven-day guide to everything movies. Boom. Groovy. Welcome to Offscreen and why I Van Connor? We were just grappling that boom, boom just then. <laughs>
0: How are you we can doing? never decide. We can never. It, it, there's like, there's not like a planned system. But some weeks we have it, some weeks we don't. It's just one of those things. I'm good. How was your holiday, my dear?
1: Well, that's the thing. I was just going to blame that on my holiday. I've been a bit rusty <laughs> since I've been back. My holiday was fine. Let's just say Wales is 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 li- really nice and slow, which is what you probably need for a week. In-
0: Instagram friendly as well, evidently. Uh, lots of fields
1: <laughs> yeah so that's all but I'm actually, say I think about it's that. A, I think
0: I saw a pottery class I saw somewhere I, I I
1: would I would tell you this story about this pottery class in fact I can tell it to you very quickly it was a what? rainy day we didn't have much to do so we'd booked in a last minute pottery class between 12 and 1 sweet old guy helped us throw down the clay on the wheel by 1208 we were done <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, no, Patrick's Wazy to be more moments. Absolutely
1: not. Um, he kind of no. did it all for us. So um, yeah, no, that was enough. interesting. But it made for a very <laughs> funny hour. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to be talking movies again. Um, I feel like I've had like a little break from it. We're back. We've got some great releases this week. We've got some um, bonkers
0: ones, this yeah. week, haven't we? Some very, um, very strange ones.
1: Yeah, very strange ones. But I mean, like next week, you know, we there's the big Ryan Reynolds film out, and I think this week is kind of like you know. And last week we had Suicide Squad, which I still haven't seen yet. I I don't know well,
0: we had, if you were a fan. Uh, I, I quite like Suicide Squad. I, I don't think it's like top three James Gunn or anything. I think it's really it's, it's his biggest, boldest, most him movie yet. Yeah. But I don't think it's like one of his best ones. I still think his best movie, funnily enough, is Slither. The 2006 uh, creature feature with Nathan Fillion and Elizabeth Banks. Which I think is incredible. Second of that, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Then Guardians of the Galaxy. Then, oh, you know, I, I, I can't even. No, I can't even. The James Gunn list is it's too difficult for me.
1: Yeah, but uh, I
0: would recommend it. Jungle Cruise is a fine three star film as well. Like that's enjoyable enough. But I don't think either is quite quite as nutso as the first movie we're going to talk about this week. So you know, this This seems like the kind of thing you'll enjoy talking about and you're better suited to. You're a bit more show busy than I am. Oh,
1: so, I was going to say why? Because it's a stripper movie.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, God, yeah. No way did I mean that one. No, because it's, you know, you'll probably be a bit more familiar with the idea of a viral Twitter story <laughs> than I would. So tell us about Zola is Perfect, which, you know, also, yes, coincidentally, just happens to involve strippers. Yeah. Yeah,
1: OK. So Zola is the story of, of, a, of a lady called Zola who it was a Detroit waitress and mm. she has this suddenly like I can only describe it as a female bromance all of a sudden <laughs> with with Stefani who's played by Riley Keough and they have this kind of like it's almost like a bit sort of pulp, pulp fiction-y the way it's kind of positioned at the beginning yeah. where they're like oh my god this is like bring this is my most amazing friend ever. Um, and it's it's very poppy in the way that it's kind of pulls itself together on screen very quickly.
0: You know what I thought of? I thought this, this is that moment from Step Brothers, but done for hipsters. Did we just become best friends? Yeah. That the, that yeah,
1: that's exactly it. And essentially, Stefani convinces Zola that they, they start sort of stripping in Detroit. And she says, look, Come with me down to Florida because we, we've we heard that we can make loads of money stripping down Florida. And they jump in the car. It looks like an amazing kind of road trip and, and heading down to this like, I suppose like haven for them for stripping money. But what it actually turns out to be is like this 48 hour chaotic journey with a pimp, Stefani and her idiotic boyfriend in tow as well. Hey. Last month, I went dancing at this cute spot in Florida where my roommate's girl made, like, five Gs a night. Because of my We just met yesterday, and you are already trying to take road trips together?
0: Be ready by two. Hey! You want to hear a story about how me and this <laughs> fell out? It's kind of long, but it's full of suspense.
1: You want to go somewhere with me? That's my face. Shut
0: up. I adored this movie. I thought this was so good. Yeah. Like this is every bit the movie. Spring Breakers promised me it was and clearly wanted to be. Funnily enough, this was at one point meant to be a James Franco movie. Like, he was going to direct this. Dave, um,
1: Dave Franco's produced it, I think.
0: I think as Dave Franco. That would be because it's it's obviously held yeah. over from those days. So the way this went is, I think this was in 2015. So it was 148 tweet long thread that detailed this story and then obviously got investigated by was it Vanity Fair who found that there were some slight embellishments, but it actually was mostly true. Like most of the the details were actually quite on the money with one or two little quirks here and there. And then of course James Franco, I think twenty sixteen sets out to direct this movie because at that point he's kind of hot on the heels of spring breakers so guess what vibe he's going for yeah we then go through two years of is james franco a monster before we start to think yeah james franco's a monster yeah. and then he loses the film it gets taken to uh Bravo, Bravo, whose work i'm not familiar with she's a panamanian brooklyn filmmaker who directed lemon which i have never seen no i've never seen so that. No, and a uh, bit big fan though, because evidently she's got the goods here. This is great. I thought this has really got some swagger.
1: Yeah, that's exactly the right word, swagger. Like, one of my favorite moments of this movie is actually right at the beginning when they're text, when Zola and Stefania are mm. texting each other, and they're both like lying on their beds or their sofas. And they're it's reading, the reading isn't typos, it? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's so funny. And God, I have to say, Riley Keogh in this surprised me as to how good she was
0: and now that's a thing because I was reading an interview with I think Taylor Page who plays Zola and she was praising Riley Kerr and she said that it was very intentional. She's playing this in blackface. Mm. Like not not an actual literal blackface, but as far as she in her it's head so is grotesque. concerned, yeah, yeah, she's playing this as a grotesque caricature, complete with and I'd never heard this term before, black scent. And I was like, Okay, that absolutely lets me see that movie on a whole other level, because now yeah. Yeah, I mean, I already thought she was terrific in it. Like, when is Riley Keough not? I think she's a really underappreciated talent. but I think this is a really great movie.
1: Yeah, I do as well. And I think it's like an hour and a half long. It's like the perfect kind of time for it to be an impactful, wild ride for you yeah. to then suddenly go... And it just, like, it smacks you in the face. That's what I'd say about it. it does, like, yeah. You know, it's like a stripper smacking you in the face. <laughs> um, and and really I just think you know what I reviewed this on the radio this morning and I picked it as my wild card and I Mm. think you know and I was like because you can go and see and we're going to talk about Stillwater next and that's the big one Matt Damon but I was like actually go watch Solar because it's a hell a hell of a lot of fun
0: so yeah, we should then get to Stillwater, which I, I worry is gonna kill our vibe entirely now, Beck.
1: Well, you've seen so, it, I haven't, and I don't know if you're gonna save me from bothering.
0: <laughs> I'm absolutely gonna save you from bothering. More for what the film is even, I think, than what it is. So, Tom McCarthy, you know, wrote directed this. Now, Tom McCarthy, you know, guy who gave us Spotlight. Yeah. So you know, there's a there's a hell of a pedigree. If you're the guy who made Spotlight, and you're making a movie very loosely uh, based on the Amanda Knox case. You kind of have some expectations to deal with. So here's the plot: Matt Damon is a middle-aged sort of over-the-hill American. Sorry, not not even an American. He's what you describe as a American. If mm. you know what I mean. He's a he's American. You know, he's got a neck beard. He's he's out of work because the immigrants took his job. He's American, yeah, and uh, he he travels to France where his uh, his college-aged daughter, played by uh, Abigail Braslin, who it's always weird whenever you see her now as an adult, still, to this day. Like, I I mean, I still remember that awful uh, Dirty Dancing remake. She has been uh, wrongfully incarcerated for the murder of her uh, her girlfriend whilst, I think, studying uh, abroad in France. And he starts to look into the case, she starts to lose her faith. The question is, how can he find the crucial evidence that can overturn this wrongful conviction before she finally loses her will to see it through herself
1: and that's how i felt for a really
0: long time powerless and forgotten
1: and that makes living really hard you know what i mean
0: but you're innocent so we gotta keep fighting It doesn't matter that I'm innocent, Dad. It's not about justice.
1: It's about finding peace. Okay, so I haven't seen this movie, but what I have done is read the blog post from Amanda Mm -hmm. Knox, who has basically said, You cannot take my story, call, like, say it's based on the murderous. Amanda Knox, she's like, yeah. FYI, I was acquitted, but you seem to omit that from your the way you're looking at it. And she's just, I think this has kind of been the straw that's broken the camel's back for her of yeah. going, yet again, someone is using me as a scapegoat for their movie's synopsis.
0: In recent years, this has become known in news media circles as the Monica Lewinsky problem. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yes. even referenced in, that. In, yeah.
0: Yeah. The, the, yeah. In fact, Amanda Knox specifically referenced that. And we have actually got, incidentally, uh, the next American crime story debuting later this year. The poster came out this week with uh, Beanie Feldstein starring oh. as Monica Lewinsky, which I'm sure is going to be. Wow. Okay. Yeah, imagine, I'm, I'm there day one for that. Yeah, 100%. It sounds incredible. Um, but no, this is absolutely disgusting to sit through. Like, if you took it just, if you did not know that there was any reality to this whatsoever, you just watched the film. But this is a competently made by the numbers, you know, American Abroad, Righteous Man, wrongfully incarcerated thriller. To which you'd think, It's marginally above average. It's well made. Damon's very good in it, in that way that Damon sort of by standard is. I mean, it's not Martian Matt Damon. It's not where he's really swinging for something. I don't think anybody involved really expected this to be an awards contender. But the problem is, most of us know that reality. Most of us know what really happened. And there is a point in the movie in which, and I was sat with people, I was sat with friends in the screening watching this, and we kind of all just turned to each other at a point in this story, being like, "I'm sorry." What the hell is happening right now? what hang on, what? Mm. It, 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 it feels like that moment in inglorious B word in which yeah. they kill Hitler and you just and, oh and you're like, okay, I didn't realize we were watching that kind of movie. you've kind of just strung me along for a bit and, and then yeah. kind of need and then needlessly taken a yeah. swerve, but you've not done it for specific you know cartoonish reasons you've, you've done it for what you think is entertainment and that is abhorrent. Wow. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that anybody had the nerve to do that in mainstream film anymore.
1: And you know what? I, I did see the early reviews come out of Cannes as well and people mm. were not impressed. And you know, this is, was a big hitter at Cannes. Everyone was like Matt Damon, da da, da. And I think Tom McCarthy, Matt Damon, what's
0: yeah. not? It's, like it's on the box, isn't it? Yeah, right
1: exactly. And it's kind of like, I think they've massively hit a bum note with this mm. and it's just yeah. it, it's faltered. And I do feel for Amanda Knox because, you know, she's like I am forever trying to say, don't call this the Amanda Knox story. This yeah. is, you know, if you're going to do it anything, she's like, do it just story. for Meredith Kircher, and who <laughs> was killed by Rudy Guede. You know, it's not it's not her yeah. anymore. She's like, and she can't ever move on. And I really feel for her on that. And, you know, and I wasn't exactly team Foxy-Noxy when it all came out, you know, in the news. Mm. But, you know, she's been acquitted. You know, it's, it's kind of like guilty until proven innocent, but then she's still guilty in some respects. And this it is very much kind right. of media... Support, I say, in inverted commas, does not help. So, I'm with you. I don't. I think go see Zola. Don't worry about this one. <laughs> of the
0: two, yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's the thing. If I mean, I, I, if you if you want an above average movie, then fine. But I think a lot of people are going to struggle to to disconnect. Welcome back to Off Screen and keeping you in the confines of the good old fashioned multiplex. Let's talk about something. A little drippier, we'll say. Let's talk about The Last last from Your Lover. This is based on Jojo Moyer's book, is it? Is Jojo it Moyer's book? to You.
1: And do you know what, Joe, you know I'm just going to say it, right? When you text me about this, you didn't yeah. text me words, you text me emojis, which was the, the, the crying laughing emoji and the being sick emoji. And I was like, oh, here we go. This is what I'm going to watch. <laughs> so, before anyone else makes a judgment from those emojis, um, let, let, let's run this through with you. So uh, top line, you've got um, Felicity Jones and also uh, Shailene Woodley. I, I, at St- I just
0: want to say, I love how like forensic you've been there. No, no, no. Before we do this, let's say this by the numbers stage what you guys.
1: <laughs> exactly well i'm trying to kind of keep it before I'm judged at the moment so yeah let me go with this otherwise i'll lose the plot as well <laughs> on,
0: dr- drill commander me mission mission debrief me come
1: on <laughs> i'm on it um so yeah double like parallel kind of timelines in this movie mm-hmm. one is set in modern day where Felicity Jones plays a journalist. Um, She's tasked with finding out um, a previous person that worked at her, her publication has passed away. They want to kind of pay tribute to her. So she goes into the archives to kind of find out what she can about this woman. What she discovers is this trove of love letters, which essentially unveils a mystery of a forbidden secret affair. And that is where the other timeline comes in with Shailene Woodley's character, and how that intertwines in this Jojo Moyers, as you can imagine, absolute weepy of a movie. I'm Ellie Howard from the London Chronicle. Everything's ready for you. Spectacular. While I was researching my next feature, I came across a letter. 1965, Illicit Love Affair.
0: I write these words with you in mind and my heart swells. I have known nothing like this before. I don't know how I feel about my life. The rich, handsome husband. I will never be satisfied with just a part of you. We could be happy, so happy. My husband wants us to return to London immediately. And what do you want? I got our aspects. Honestly, did you enjoy this? No, right.
1: Okay. So this is a great Sunday afternoon movie. Okay.
0: Okay.
1: Um, do you know what I did enjoy? I blooming loved the costumes of the 60s and I couldn't really take my eyes off of it. I just really wanted to dress like <laughs> Shailene Whitney and all this. And that was distracting me from the whole thing. Do you know what? It didn't quite keep my attention, if I'm honest. No. Um, this is not a kind of me before you kind of film. And I I, I, I don't know why, because with me before you, that is also Jojo Moyers, I'm pretty sure.
0: I think um, that is, yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's like with Amelia Clark and Sam Claflin and... It, the story is more compelling than this this one is slower i don't really care about the relationship between uh Shailene woodley and joe alwyn aldwyn alwyn oh
0: yeah uh, alwyn alwyn i think he's i think he's alwyn yeah
1: yeah and actually he would have been better off as the lover in that rather than i i think he was kind of slightly miscast Felicity Jones doing Felicity Jones, you know, it's fine. It is. It's going to have its audience, is what I'm going to say. I'm not necessarily its audience, and I do. Bloom and Well love a, a romantic, weepy, and you know, I love those kind of movies that are like The Fault in the Stars and like Me Before You and stuff. I can sit through these this didn't capture my attention at all for some reason.
0: That's the thing, because it really feels like a Nicholas... Like, a, it's an attempt at like Sparks, a Nicholas yeah. Sparks yeah. Uh, one. And But the thing is, it is truly vomit-inducing. Like it's
1: <laughs> no, your, your emojis. So... I thought you were lying with your emojis.
0: Oh, <laughs> God. I was just... I mean... This is the late Ben Cross's final movie. You know Ben mm. Cross from *Chariots of Fire*. He's he's Sarek in in the Kelvin timeline in *Star Trek*. Ben bloody Cross, and this is his final work. Wow! What well, I a think our ending that is.
1: Yeah, and I think. You know what, this 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 is. This has come out in on Netflix in the U.S.
0: Yeah, they dumped this out. Like it yeah. Not even just in the U.S., I like think in other countries as well. They just dumped this out on streaming like three so, weeks ago. So
1: why we've got it cinematically, I'm not quite sure. I think this will find its audience on something like Netflix.
0: I think it's because of Jojo Moyes' name in this country. I think right. the prestige and fame surrounding it. Be it like if J.K. Rowling, for instance, yeah. played better in Britain bad example she'd probably still play well in the us um ian rankin think about something like ian rankin something's based on an ian rankin book you could probably sell that easier theatrically in the uk than you would anywhere else in the world for instance regardless of who's in it
1: yeah exactly and uh, for me i just think look guys i don't think this is giving you anything new i don't want to spend too much time on this because i think mm. i think it, it, it kind of is, it is yeah i know you don't but i think to round up Sunday afternoon movie kind of picks this up you can take it or leave it, you can have it on in the background you'll kind of dip in and out of it but it won't hold your attention
0: I think my mum would like it yeah. I'll, I'll give you, I think yeah. my mum would enjoy it and she but, she likes a movie in which people in the 1950s sand boats, you know what I mean like yeah. they stand around, stand around on, on like Louisiana and they, 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 they sand boats she likes those kind of movies, you know the ones anyway, I've got to tell you about a very different but somehow tenuously connected by story, movie now that could not be further removed if you tried. This is bonkers. Do you remember searching years ago with John Chow?
1: I think I do. You did that talk to me the... about it, and I was like, yeah, I think I remember that.
0: Yeah, that was the one that was all on a MacBook screen yeah like he yes. was the dad whose daughter went missing and he was investigating what happened to her and it he was all on the map and that that process of filmmaking has now come to be called screen life yeah because uh, there's a modern family episode that does it and things like that There was a horror movie life is,
1: as well yeah yeah it, it
0: helps uh what was it called uh seance or, or what it was host during host. lockdown someone made yeah. during with zoom didn't they mm-hmm. a big big cult hit now someone's made well it's I think now, this was made in 2018 and for some reason has taken three years to work its way through the distribution cycle. This is another screen life thriller from Timur Bekmembetov, who most of us would actually know as the director of Everest from oh. five years ago. So I think this might actually be his directorial follow-up. Right. It stars uh, Valine Cain, a British, It's it sort of centred, uh, sort of British uh, set movie all using screen life. She is a journalist who is trying to investigate the path. This is set in 2014, by the way, because Mm -hmm. the film opens by telling us that in 2014, there was an influx of British uh, converts to Islam, young women, who were seduced and enticed by ISIS leaders into effectively traveling all the way to Syria and becoming indoctrinated and being removed from their families, etc. So with that story, she's setting out to investigate that, and she winds up making contact with one of these recruiters who happens to be a very charismatic man named Bilal played by uh, Shahzad Latif who is I think best known probably as Ash Tyler from Star Trek Discovery the sort of uh, love interest the roguish swarthish love interest who's also kind of a secret Klingon or whatever. But believe me, they're playing to a very specific archetype with this. Okay. And he he basically starts to entice her, break her down without her realising, and start to slowly captivate and enthrall this journalist, who is doing all this whilst being watched by, like, her boss and the tech support team, as you'll hear in this clip. Do you like guns? I'll give you plenty. Starting with this lovely Kalashnikov.
1: Kalash. 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 Kalash.
0: Kalash? Ne? Ne? Kov? Kov. Kalashnikov? Kalashnikov. When are you going to come to our sham? Right. Lou Amy, Amy, I'm sorry, I'm i I'm, I'm running out of this space. Just give me a minute, just hang on. Quick, Lou,
1: how how do I respond to a serial question?
0: Okay, look, you can't travel alone as a respectable woman, so you should say that you need to be accompanied by a man. Yeah, someone like your cousin. Amy, you're doing just great, but you need to get to the topic and figure out how they recruit the girls. Okay. We need to wrap up this investigation as soon as possible for your own safety. Yeah, look, Amy, just gotta be careful. Look, the risk to blow cover is huge. So there are certain actors in the world who have mastered what I would call sleaze charm. Mm. and one of the kings I'm sure you and I can agree on together is mid-90s Antonio Banderas oh, yes. Antonio Banderas was for a time just the undisputed king of sleaze charm he inherited it for a while from the likes of James Spader for instance Shahzad Latif has got that in right. spades and he's bringing it and he's bringing it to what can only be described as this sort of horror movie weaponized version of mid-90s <laughs> Antonio Banderas and this is all through a face a face uh, like a, 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 a Skype window. Yeah. Literally a Skype. One of the quite impressive things about the film as well, actually, is that so many brands seem quite on board with the production of this, given the subject matter. They're willing to just let their companies be, like Facebook in particular, prominently featured on the front of it. And you're sort of thinking, do Facebook, do your shareholders know that you're doing this? Because you do not come off well here. It's kind of like Amazon in, in Nomadland. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You, wouldn't,
0: you wonder if they've realized. But... This is great. This, you've got to see this because it's just like this. In in the same way that Searching was this very taut screen life thriller, this is almost like a screen life romantic horror thriller. Yeah. In in a way, it's terrifying and yet it's so gripping and so good. I, I genuinely think you'd love this.
1: Great. I might check it out. I mean, you know, sometimes when you say when you fall in love with a movie, and mm. it's kind of like. Horror, sci fi, a little bit galactic. I'm a bit like, you might love that, but I'm not sure if I will love that. Uh, the but, thing
0: with this yeah. is, you just sit there and think. The the problem, I mean, one of the really terrifying things about this, sometimes you watch it, you see something like, because he takes you in, you get into his like sort of the whole the horror movie villain thing that he's doing, and you're like, look at him winning this chick over. Like, oh god, he's winning this chick over. Oh no, like this actually happened to people. Oh god, yeah. And you know, oh, it's it's horrifying to sit through, and yet on a narrative like horror movie level you are really getting into it and it's 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 quite a disturbing film in that way cool but it's all down to, I think, like, she's great, don't get me wrong, but he's the show stealer here.
1: Interesting. Okay, so that's Profile. So that's in cinemas this weekend.
0: That's in cinemas this weekend. We've actually got, I think, all four of them. All four of our releases are cinemas only this week.
1: Well, you know, cinemas are open, so... <laughs> Makes sense. It does make sense. Stay at home forever. Well, there we go. But if you do want to stay at home forever and you don't want to go out to the cinema, stick with us because when we come back, we've got all of your movies on the telly box for you. So we are going to keep you on the couch. Welcome back to Off Screen. We are, as I said, keeping you on the couch. Why wouldn't you want to be on the couch? Because it's probably this weekend not going to be great weather if you're listening is it to us. Oh, no, yeah. If you're listening to us in the, in the UK, then the Great British Summer is not great. At do you know, time.
0: we had a heatwave predicted. We're in good work meteorologists, Honestly, yeah, God, you get yeah. what you pay for, don't you? I
1: know, right? I know, right? But do you know what? I'm here to cheer you up because. We could have picked a big old blockbuster for Saturday. We could have picked something, you know, that for all you adults out there will just want to sit back, kick kick back, relax and enjoy. But no, we chose something that's on at five o'clock on Five Star on Saturday. It's the age-old love story of (laughs) Romeo and Juliet. I mean, I don't even really need to give you a synopsis, apart from the fact that the separation is the garden fence. <laughs> well,
0: but that's the last thing, isn't it? Because I feel like they've buried the lead on Romeo and Juliet. Because Romeo and Juliet was, oh yeah, it's Romeo and Juliet with garden gnomes You're like, and it's computer animated. You're like, okay, okay, cool. They're like, oh, and the entire soundtrack is Elton John songs. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay, there's the movie. That's what you leave with that one. There, that weird little detail. Yeah. Bring that up front next time, and this has also got Jason Statham in, hasn't it? Like the yeah, I think it's James McAvoy, in, you, yeah. is it James McAvoy. Is it and Anne Hathaway? yeah, kind of it's some, it's along,
1: along yeah, it's something along along those lines. Let me just double check that one for you. Yeah, James McAvoy. No, Emily Blunt is in that, and also Maggie Smith as well, Anna, That's and and yeah, and Michael Kane is in this. Matt Lucas, um, um, God, yeah, and Jason Statham. He's Tybalt in this. Um, Do you
0: remember remember the days when uh, Matt Lucas used to get all what are now called the James Corden roles? God, I miss those days.
1: Yeah, and I did have the misfortune of seeing the latest trailer for the Cinderella from Amazon Prime. And of course, not only does Camilla Cabello probably not portray it in the right way as Cinderella, but we'll wait and see. It's kind of the greatest showman meets Cinderella. But then suddenly, of course, James Corden has to be one of the mice. It's like with mice, but why? Why put him in? Like, just give someone Uh, else a chance.
0: I mean, <clears throat> given that she is the, the female face of sketches currently, I, I can't say an unkind word against Miss Cabello, and I wish her only the best. Well. So, um, <clears throat> Naomi and Juliet, Saturday afternoon. Let's talk about uh, Sunday. <clears throat> I think this is on kind of early, isn't it, as well, for yeah, a, for a Sunday afternoon. It,
1: yeah, for Sunday afternoon it is. Um, so this is... More like it, really. Um, <laughs> this is on E4, Sunday, 9pm. Uh, this is Baywatch. Um, <laughs> need I say more? It's Baywatch.
0: What do we learn from the perps after the interrogation? The only perps here are you three, okay? You turned the canals into the goddamn X Games. Yeah, that's because we were in lifeguard pursuits. Oh, okay. My bad. Except for this, no such thing as lifeguard pursuit. Police do pursuits. When you do it, it's just some guys chasing some other guys. No offense.
1: I'm taken. But what are you saying? You're just going to let those guys walk? Okay, um, how do I explain this so that you people understand? You people?
0: You people? Oh, you don't get to say that. You're just dead. I adore this movie, and I wish there had been <laughs> nine sequels. I mean, when they said they were going to make a Baywatch movie, which they... Said for a long, long time. I think we'd we'd had something like fifteen years at this point where they're constantly threatened. It's like a Knight Rider movie. It's always yeah. like there in the ether. It just yeah, it might might materialize. It. Yeah, it might materialize one day. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when at one point Ben Affleck was attached to do a Knight Rider movie. Yeah. Like, that, that happened at one point in history, and, you know, let, let's never forget that we were spared, like, Superman as Nicolas Cage, you know. There's some weird things we almost saw in this world, but we always kind of knew with Baywatch that the only way to really do it was just to do, kind of, Starsky and Hutch slash 21 Jump Street, and just make it outright funny, just make it meta and go there, because otherwise... You can't really do anything with Baywatch. Baywatch itself didn't kind of do to death. I mean, Baywatch went on... How long was that? 13 years? Baywatch was, at one point, the most watched programme.
1: 1989
0: to 2001. My God, that's that's about right. That's some Yeah, It it was. I think at one point it was estimated that Baywatch was watched weekly by more than a billion people on planet Earth. And you you and I, having been to Asia in the 1990s, can genuinely attest that that is a worldwide truth.
1: Yes, it is, very much so. But do you know what? This movie, Mm. so you've got The Rock, is Mitch Buchanan in it? And, yep. and Zach Efron is um, uh, Matt Brody in it as well, and you've also got Priyanka Chopra who is your sorry Priyanka Chopra Jones. Yeah, got to is, give
0: her give her the full title, Missy. The full title. Um, she earned it.
1: Victoria Leeds, who is essentially the baddie in this. But
0: and how good how good is she though? She's so good, right? She's
1: so good in this, yeah. right? And the thing is, is that this is kind of that that stretch of films which. Zac Efron was doing like Bad Neighbours mm. and then this where he really shows great comedic talent yeah. and you know and, and he can continue to do that and I think this is kind of sits up there as one of the top ones He's like, I've seen this once I want to watch it again because I really enjoyed it I'm not just saying that because of Zach Efron you know running around being a lifeguard but you know that's an added bonus but I would say if you haven't seen it don't look at it and go oh, it's probably going to be rubbish because who wants to re-watch Baywatch as a movie it's genuinely very, very it's, funny.
0: It is, isn't it? I, I, I remembered. I, I, I took my uncle. I took my. I, I actually arranged for my uncle and his girlfriend to get tickets to the the, the pressure of this, and they went along. And uh, he had no interest beyond like just the amusement of ha "there's a Baywatch movie." And he came out afterwards and said, like. I'll be honest, that was actually really funny and enjoyable. I just thought it'd be rubbish. And yeah, if you could win that guy over, believe me, you're all good. So on then, what else we got then? Monday, what have we got?
1: You Uh, you uh, picked
0: an actually interesting one for Monday night, actually.
1: Yeah, I picked a Nicole Kidman classic um Mm. which uh, i I, i'm i'm quite pleased with myself for. um, but i picked to die for um which is a 1995 film it is on talking pictures at 9 p.m on monday and so she basically plays a beautiful but naive aspiring tv personality and films a documentary on teenagers that have a darker ulterior with a darker ulterior motive now that is your general synopsis for this mm. and i kind of want to leave it at that because
0: yeah i think for spoiler reasons that kind of is it's not the movie they marketed it as at because no. no, i remember this was the first nicole kidden vehicle like ever yeah. Post, and it was it was also it was her first role post like she got this out of Batman Forever, I think. Like she done Batman Forever and then they wanted to give her this as the big starring role. But the thing that it gets forgotten about for is this was kind of introducing Joaquin Phoenix, this little kid named Joaquin who's a little Phoenix
1: yeah a Affleck's bit this Matt Dillon mm-hmm. is in this as well. Um, it's well it's it's a great movie it's one that if you haven't seen in a few years revisit it it also i think this is the kind of years for nicole kidman this little, sort of launch with yeah. her serious darker side the road to awards for her and it kind yeah. of starts with this so it's interesting that it comes off the back, back of batman because actually what that did was give her that launch pad to suddenly say yeah. i'm gonna pick some really clever roles from now on
0: you remember the good old days when actors used to do that when they would star in a blockbuster and then they would use the clout from that blockbuster to get that one for me project yeah. and then that would in turn get them the Oscar nomination, That would get them the next blockbuster and we we'd just repeat the process until we had a new Nicholas Cage, like man I missed that, Yeah. anyway <laughs> me To, too. Uh, me to too. Die For is great To Die For yeah. is absolutely great, 9pm uh, Talking Pictures Monday night 9pm uh, ITV4, Tuesday night a Bond film I watched last night actually it is 1997's tomorrow never dies which i will argue is the last time james bond actually just gets straight up sent out on a mission and without it having to be like a grand melodramatic action character you know in you know diatribe um it is james bond versus rupert murdoch with pierce Brosnan and jonathan price with michelle yo and terry hatcher caught in the middle at You know what? It's it's exactly the movie you'd expect of that concept in 1997. I believe you once had a relationship with Carver's wife, Paris. That was a long time ago, Em. Before she was married. I didn't realise it was public knowledge. Queen and country, James. Your job is to find out whether Carver or someone in his organisation sent that ship off course and why. Use your relationship with Mrs. Carver if necessary. I doubt if she'll remember me. Remind her, then pump her for information.
1: You'll just have to decide how much pumping is needed, James.
0: If only that were true of you and I, Moneypenny.
1: I could listen to Judy Dench. Dame Judy Dench's voice. <laughs> dame Judy dame, dame. You you put that dame on there. I could listen to the Dench all day long. <laughs> like she is she is masterful. Um so that's tomorrow never dies. That's on ITV four, nine PM. Moving on to Wednesday night, uh, we've got Night at the Museum, The Secret of the Tomb on film four at four thirty four fifty PM. And is this, I can't remember, is this the first one or is no,
0: it? No, no, the tomb is the final one. This is the one with Rami Malek as the ah. uh, the, the pharaoh, isn't it? Cigarette
1: yeah, okay. So in that case, apologies, I haven't seen this. I picked it because I thought it was one of the first two, but I haven't seen this one. But... I
0: don't think this one's bad. I think this one has Amy Adams as Amelia Earhart. And uh-huh. I, I think this is actually not bad at all. I think this is
1: the they one. They were all good though.
0: They're, they were all not bad, to be fair to them, yeah. the, the Night of the Museum movies. they fun family movies. But yeah. you know, if there's one on, they're always worth a watch, at any rate. So this is for uh, for Wednesday night. Thursday night, a movie we've unfortunately not got time to go too far into, but is near and dear to my heart. It is on at 5 past 11 on ITV4, and it is Roger Donaldson's 1996 cinematic opus, Species, um, starring, well, introducing Natasha Henstridge to the world. And this was like a really big deal when it came out. Like They really tried to make a huge thing, because they had HR Giga from the Alien series doing all the designs and everything. So it was a really big nerd moment that yeah. ultimately didn't go anywhere i could talk about species for days but i'm not going to because we what have we got for friday night backs it's always a showstopper oh
1: oh, what a showstopper this is it's on great movies at 9 p.m it's the classic it's it's the one you always refer to it's the bunny boiler it's fatal attraction
0: i'm pregnant i'm going to have our child alex that's your choice honey that has nothing to do with me i just want to be a part of your life Oh, this is the way you do it, huh? it up at my appointment! What am I supposed to do? You won't answer my calls. You change your number. I mean, I'm not going to be
1: ignored,
0: Dan. Do
1: you know what? I think when people watched this particularly back in 1987 when it came out it made mm. them think twice about having a one night stand didn't it oh
0: <laughs> did you remember the line there's the line in Sleepless in Seattle isn't there where Tom Hanks tells his kid in 1993 didn't you see Coming to America it scared the ass out of uh, it coming to uh, not Coming to America didn't you see Fatal Attraction it scared the ass out of every, every man in America like, yeah that, that, was, that was kind of the case but remember again remember a time when like we all had like a monoculture and everyone saw the same one movie every year <laughs> yeah, but,
1: yeah. Anyway, I mean, this is a
0: stone cold classic
1: Uh, Absolutely. I mean, you know, your Friday night film, Michael Douglas, Glenn Close. I mean, you could hear it in that clip. His, the balance between his rage as he's getting more like, what are you doing? And she just keeps that calm, cold, cool, collective, and it's chilling
0: she is terrifying isn't she like i mean there there is a reason they spawned that term the the term bunny boiler as i constantly love reminding people because you'd have to be seriously menacing (laughs) to make a term that ridiculous you know earn its way into the public lexicon but fatal attraction's perfect way to end end the week good choice miss perfect thanks well when we return then we'll take it to streaming
1: welcome back for one last ride with off screen so we are back giving you everything that is out now on streaming so we've kind of we've kind of got rid of dvds and blu-rays the last few weeks haven't we there's just none out
0: i think the pandemic kind of did that for us really because like i said we just ran out of movies tell a lie there was one movie coming out on on monday i think first cow comes out on 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 monday which was like a kind of a big deal with the hipsters and the movie crowd i mean i didn't wind up seeing it i know maria reviewed it for the morning star so i was kind of spared having to see because there are movies like that where if i don't have to come into the morning star i'm really not going to do them on here obviously because not yeah. really our demo
1: yeah yeah
0: the, but yeah. Look,
1: there's still great stuff coming out on streaming some old some new so let's kick exactly. off with something old and and very much nicholas cage uh this is oh, coming yeah. out on uh fr- this well this is today. coming out today actually on disney plus mm. snake eyes van take us through I this i couldn't
0: I couldn't believe I somehow managed to skip this last week when I was doing the streaming listings. And I saw it and I was so offended by myself that on behalf of Brian De Palma and Sir Nicholas of Cage, I had to write this wrong and so from today on disney plus not none of the premiere access nonsense no straight up og disney plus you can stream brian de palma's 1998 snake eyes which this was Nicolas cage's follow-up to this was the next one in that chain that began with uh, the rock and then went to con air and then went to face off and then was snake eyes in which he took on a almost quintessentially brian de palma-esque detective thriller set during a boxing match in a hurricane in atlantic city so they're in the uh, the casino as the they're in the casino sort of arena as the hurricane's going on outside so they're sort of fenced in they can't get out um there's something dodgy going on with the boxing there's then a political assassination in the fight in front of everyone there are Thousands of witnesses, but no one saw a thing, but Nicolas Cage has his theories in the form of the wily detective in the greatest outfit I have ever seen in a movie named Rick Santoro. Here's him grilling the would-be ousted boxing champion. That's it. That is it. <laughs> Do you know who you reminded me about there? Sonny Liston! Remember in 65, they said, hey, Sonny, don't take any chances. Ali almost killed you the first time. Take the payday. First punch, you go down. Flop, <laughs> Splash! That's you! Detective, That's you either arrest him or I'm going to ask you to leave. What would I arrest him for? What would I arrest you for? Getting up too quick? What? What? Come on, I saw you and you saw me. And don't pretend like you don't know who I am, girly man. You want it to look like a knockout,
1: but when you heard the gunshot, your eyes were open in half a second. Now you fall. Totally understandable reaction, but it kind of ruined the
0: performance, don't you think? Look, what the hell do you want from me? Yeah, again, one of my old school foes. You say so you've seen this one, haven't you? You must have.
1: Oh, I must have done years ago, and all I can think of is. God, Nicholas Cage just loves his job, doesn't he? Uh, <laughs>
0: well, he winds up doing this again, like a decade later, he does that remake, that uh, Werner Herzog remake of Bad Lieutenant, uh, where he winds up arguably playing pretty much this expanded into full psychosis because this is a really dark character at times. This is yeah. uh, Cage goes into it, I think, under the proviso that this is his Chinatown, mm.
1: but, you know,
0: this is his Nicholson in Chinatown moment, and. I will argue he does a pretty good job with it. It's kind of the quintessential Nicolas Cage role, although. Bad Lieutenant being a decade later kind of steals its, its thunder a bit. But good fun. Yeah. Really good fun. And with some vintage cageisms in there.
1: Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. So there we go. That's one big one on streaming. As of this weekend, like, again, if you're staying in, perfect mm. for you. Uh, let's also have a look at what's out actually next Friday. So we've got three picks for you. Where should we start with this? Should we start with the new one that's coming out uh, next Friday, which is Beckett, um, which is out on Netflix on, ooh, friday
0: the 13th <laughs> so this is this is a strange one i saw the trailer for this like sight unseen and had no idea what it was i just knew it starred uh, john david washington and he seems to be he's an american traveling through europe with his partner uh they get separated and he embarks on like it looks like a roman polanski style mystery like this twisty turny sort of psychological you know thriller and that's it's a very mysterious film but it's John David Washington. It's Netflix. It's a European director. It is this Polanski style. There's a lot, like, sort of going for this. Like, there's a lot of mystery that entices me to want to see just where this is going. So I'm pursuing this one for next week. I heartily recommend the same because, again, John David Washington. Let's look at the lineage yeah. on that one. Yeah. But we'll put Tenet aside.
1: Yeah, I was going to really, say that's not really. Doing that. He's
0: doing. I don't think he's that involved in that one. To be. I don't think he as <laughs> the sense. protagonist. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> As the literal, I don't think he got much say in, yeah. in Tenet. Somehow, I would imagine that was pretty much a show up and sh- show up and say your lines, please, and then go home.
1: What show was on. that one with um, with Zendaya? I really liked it. Malcolm and Marie.
0: Malcolm Marie, how good is exactly how great is he and Malcolm Marie? Yeah. But I, again, it looks like that he's tapping into that well in this one, but doing it in this very specific sort of old school throwback return to genre, which I don't think we've seen really in a while. Yeah. But Old style throwbacks being the name of the game next week. I can't wait to watch boss level with you this next week, Bex. Oh my God, I've been dying to see this for like two years.
1: This feels like it's got like 8-bit goodness
0: about it. This is directed by Joe Carnahan, who gave us The Grey the a-team knock you know that joke, yeah. joe yeah. all almost gave us bad boys three actually he was originally the director i think of oh, okay. bad boys three <clears throat> and he has, te- he has he's basically got this buddy buddy sort of bromance professional friendship thing going with frank grillo now where they set up their own label together and they just make action cool. movies <laughs> they just make yep. stripped down cool concept action movies uh this one stars grillo obviously but also has mel gibson as its villain, hence the old school throwback, you know, angle and the eight-bit wow. retro logo. The idea here is Frank Grillo is some sort of like you know badass mercenary who every single day wakes up in his apartment with armed teams of guys in tactical gear breaking in and murdering him, and because he's now and then he and then he dies and he wakes up and he goes through it all over again. And he just does this and does this and does this. It's Groundhog Day with SWAT teams, uh, for lack of a better term, with armed mercenaries. And every it feels
1: like a day, video just, game.
0: That's it. That's what, And that would purposefully be, hence the clever title. Yeah. It looks like it's got a lot of meta commentary in, yeah. its, in its concept, though, which I'm, I'm quite happy about. They do seem to lean into and heartily embrace the, oh, it's like a video game angle, which I think Edge of Tomorrow tiptoed around a little bit, if you remember
1: yeah. Yeah. But
0: this, this, I think, is going full tilt with it. It's it's just having Grillo and Mel Gibson face off is something yeah. I'm I'm genuinely intrigued. I'd like to see them actually do face off, because I think that'd be hilarious. Yeah, that'd but be just nice. to see them face off is going to be great. But it's not the weirdest film we can talk <laughs> about next week. I'm about to do The Impossible, back. I am going to try and justify a 2002 Rob Schneider movie to you. Yeah,
1: yeah, this is going to be The Impossible. Go on, then.
0: Right, so it's called The Hot Chick. And recently, this came up because we were talking about Freaky. Remember Freaky? Yeah. We were talking about Vince yeah. Vaughn doing the body swap with, in that case, it's Catherine Newton. And in, and it was played very much in the vein of this exact movie, which is Rob Schneider, I think he's like a, a homeless alcoholic, played entirely for laughs because it was 2002, uh, who swaps bodies with a then unknown Rachel McAdams, who wow. is like a vacuous bimbo. This is so long ago that Rachel McAdams play, still played vacuous bimbos. Like, yeah unironically it's pre, pretty mean girls Pre mean girls when she yeah. knew how to do it ironically she was just playing yeah and her best friend here is played by anna faris who at that point had only just begun to break out with scary movie because scary movie had, had started to slowly filter out internationally because back then we still had staggered release dates like scary movie was out for a year you know overseas before it came out in the uk for instance so anna faris's fame took a minute to set in and while that was happening she went and did this and it's the kind of body swap comedy you only get to pull off tonally if you specifically cast Rob Schneider opposite Jennifer yeah. Ferris You stay away from me I have pepper spray on my keychain
1: April I need you so bad right now you have no idea
0: How do you know my name it's me, Jessica. I'm in here. Mm.
1: What did you do with her? I feel like, so Rob Schneider is like, for people, <laughs> is for people of a certain vintage to get this humor. Like yeah. you can't introduce this to a new audience now. This is not going to
0: work. I think in I think in the same vein as showing showing like a Gen Z person white chicks now, this sort of plays in a very amusing. It is like watching an archaeological relic. Yeah. It's fascinating. I just watched the trailer. I'm like, oh my God, I've got to watch this again. Like, and this is different. So, this is on uh, Disney Plus, hilariously enough.
1: I know. what? Um,
0: Disney Plus from Friday the 13th. Boss Level, by the way, is new to Amazon Prime uh, next Friday the 13th, and Beckett's new to, to Netflix. We will, I think, try and review uh, Beckett and, and Boss Level next week, along with Free Guy. And I'm sure there's another one we can find that means we don't have to talk about Paw Patrol, the movie, because they, they, they just they, they hate me so much they actually won't subject me to poor Patrol the movie which yeah. is a level of hate I didn't even know existed yeah but anyway um, but I think Hot Chick as a throwback as a damn they actually used to make movies that said these things like wow okay yeah it, it's interesting that it exists on Disney Plus also Song of the South doesn't but read into that what you will
1: yeah gosh well what a way to end the show with something that might get people well piquing people's interest in terms of <laughs> (laughs) Thinking back to yesteryear of film, I just, yeah, I do think, I I stand by Rob Schneider of a certain vintage, let's just say. And there's probably a reason why he's not really working nowadays. Um, Yeah,
0: because culture caught up to him. That's why.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, But he had his time. Uh, This has been a real kind of bonkers selection this week. I'm really looking forward to next week as well. I think Free Guy, everyone is buzzing about free guys guy you're seeing almost
0: a fantasy
1: yeah you're seeing it nice you're seeing it tonight right Uh,
0: I'm I'm seeing it tonight and and you're doing the the proper pressure you're doing the grown-up pressure I'm
1: doing the grown-up pressure next week so yeah so we will give you your thoughts on that we'll also try and talk about Beckett as well and we'll have some more other great stuff for you as ever each and every week so for now though this has been off screen this has been our pleasure and I've been Becks Perfect
0: and I've been Van Connor and we shall return